Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback where we look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I am your host Ty McCrane, joining me as always is my confidant, my uh, right hand man, my quiz aficionado, it is only Cal Reader. Cal, how are we doing uh, Mastermind? I'm good man, I'm good. So he keeps on pumping me up because I'm tomorrow... As of recording, I will be doing a Simpsons quiz um, and most likely losing. If you don't hear from me again, it's because I lost and therefore I have to resign as co-host, confidant and occasional lover of Tyler. Um, so we shall have to unfortunately see how it goes. But apart from that, I'm good. I'm, I didn't, I haven't revised, I worked it out, it was supposed to be 274 episodes. Seasons two till ten, which is obviously perfect for this podcast. Very fitting. Uh, exactly. So, yeah, um, I'm good. What about yourself? Um, trying to venture out of the old nest there and trying to live independently now. Folks got enough money. It's just about uh striking at the right time and getting everything in order. But I'm, I've looked around a couple of places. Uh, well, near uh where my grandparents used to live anyway, and. I'm very much like um, Otto in that one episode. You know, windows, uh, I don't think I can afford this place. Well, it's a giant mess when you're adult kids. Never grow up. The episode we're going to be reviewing today is Brother, Can You Spare Two Dimes? from Season 3, Episode 24, directed by Rich Moore, written by John Swartzwelder, with the original air date being August the 27th, 1992, and the couch guard being that the family all cartwheel and jump in and give a big tada at the end on the couch. And uh, as I always say... Cal, uh, what were your initial memories of this? Uh, what were your sort of nostalgic views looking back at this? Uh, I always remember this episode very bitly. I remember the the, the original part um, where Homer's brothers first intro- uh, first introduced better, um, mainly just the the baby bits and such like that, and then Homer's brother being a bum. Uh, honestly, this was a delight to watch. I really enjoyed this episode. It was very funny. The sibling rivalry is very similar to myself and my brother. Um, also, the fact that we kind of look like Homer and Herb kind of helps a little bit. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. What about yourself? Well, for me, um, I think I mentioned it before with other Season 3 episodes. Season 3 was the first box set DVD set that I watched with my best friend at the time so we pretty much wore the discs out and again this is you know another good part in the bunch there um i'll get into it a bit later i'm surprised how uh quickly they end up going through the episode it's a uh, supremely paced folks uh, i will just say that it's a strong episode though it's just it's very quicky whippy um good old you get the, you get the good old frank vibes from it from the guest star of this episode which is just our Lord and Saviour, Danny DeVito. Don't worry, folks, I've carved out a good 10, 20 minutes so Cal can wax lyrical about uh, Always Sunny. I've booked you in a place there, Cal, don't worry. And we open up with uh, the annual plant physical there, and boom, straight away we get all sorts of physical gags here. Straight away with uh, <laughs> Lenny's bare ass. He forgot his own underpants, because he forgot there was a physical. But Homer's not quite generous, he's not going to give him his pants just like that. And we have um, one of the scientists there working away saying, 
oh, this can't be right. This man has a 104% body fat. And we pan over and, of course, it's Homer eating a big old chicken wing there. You know, no eating in the can- tank. Uh, go uh, go to hell. See, have you ever done like a physical or anything like that? Like even in college or, or anything like that? I have done it. Uh, I've done a brief one in college, yeah. But <laughs> thankfully it never had me uh, down to my tighty whities. What about yourself? Not, no, not as in, even in my Catholic school days, we didn't go as intrusive <laughs> sperm count and such like that. Um, I had one in, in college and I remember my, one of my friends, uh, notorious kind of like the trolley kind of guy, he'll just like wind you up and wind you up all the time. And he was running late and he came in and we were measuring heights because it's not Catholic, so we're not doing length and girth and stuff um we he uh came in he's like oh how tall are you he's like oh i'm, I'm five foot ten he's just like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna be an inch taller than you i was just like no you aren't fuck off and it was the prick <laughs> i don't know how he managed it but like it was just, it, that's when i first started thinking everything was a simulation but we have burns and smithers busy looking over um certain specimens and they come across a semen sample from homer and he's got lazy sperm there, and you great. Uh, you get a good sort of zoom in through the microscope with Homer with these uh, dullards of sperm he's got knocking each other's heads and having a snooze. And Smithers, of course, he's going to do this. He's going to relish the chance to impress Burns in this rather creepy biological way. He switches out the sample, and there's a relatively healthy um, sample there, and it's Burn. It, it's um, Smithers swimming in a row, always semen there. And I, I like the little noise of <laughs> swimming on through there. Burns, um, this is alarming to him now, you know, because uh, technically he could sue him for millions. So he calls the lawyers, he calls the dream team. Before you begin, uh, let me make one thing clear to you. I want your legal advice. I even pay for it. But to me, you're all vipers. You live on personal injury. You live on divorces. You live on pain and misery. But I'm rambling. Anybody want any coffee? I'll have some coffee. Want it black, don't you? Black like your heart? It's so hard for me to listen to you. I hate you all so much! I'm sorry, it's my problem. I'll deal with it. Please continue. If you offer Mr. Simpson a token sum, say a couple of thou, he'll be so dazzled, he'll sign anything you shove under his nose. Oh, brilliant. A cash settlement. I could have figured that out, you button-down maggot! You have any cream? Oh, yes, of course. Where are my manners? I tell you what, season three, this is peak Burns. This is Burns at his best, Cal. I know Burns is one of your absolute favourites here. Um, and I think he's on top here just... Uh, getting really enraged. Harry Shearer can do really good uh, angry acting. It's fantastic. I don't know if you've ever, in, in your job, ever kind of worked with solicitors or lawyers or anything like that. No, I haven't. They, they can, not to go into detail with my with my job, but um, they can be discovered here sometimes and literally the bottom feeders and all just kind of be really arsy with you and say, well, where the law? thinking they're fucking dread. Like and you, and then you just go, oh, I am the law. Um, but yeah, it's just sometimes like okay, occasionally they can be funny and you can have a laugh with them. But majority of them just think they're bigger than Jeebus and it's terrible. But Burns, um, despite all his aggression there, um, he's willing to work with the lawyers, and we busy cut down to you know below the line, you know off the beaten track. We see a bunch of hobos. 
And um, one of those hobos there is our guest star. Charlie Chaplin. Oh, God, yeah. It's the little tramp. But um, in all seriousness, it is um, Danny DeVito. First appearance on this podcast. Not um, first time on The Simpsons. But, um, okay, I'll let you go off on Danny on Always Sunny Cow. Um, I guess you're quite a big fan. I love Danny DeVito. I think he's a fantastic, beautiful man. Um I I dressed as him for Halloween one. Well, I guess it was a mix uh, with my balding head and my pink suit. It was a mixture of both Arnie and Danny DeVito. I was the triplet, which wasn't. Uh, oh, cool. Uh, the um the making of triplets film supposedly, but it's in pre pre production. Uh, Always Sunny is one of my favorite shows of all time. I love it fantastically. Eventually, when I do decide to shave my head, I'm going to aim it around Chris, uh, Halloween so I can shave it like Danny DeVito and go as Frank or someone from no, uh, from all his, uh, from his repertoire of many, 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 many films. Um, he's also a very smart guy with his money. He's, he produced Pulp Fiction. Um, did he? He did, and he does oh, smart. Yeah. He has a, he's notorious for making smart investments. Such as that, and I think he produced, if I remember right, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. He he directed and wrote Matilda, which is a classic film. Um, he's done loads of stuff. He's just a fantastic, beautiful man. And even though it's supposedly not to bad mouth him, but apparently he can be a bit of a um, a flirt, should I say? What they would use as an excuse. Apparently, I've heard good things and bad things about him personally. Oh, right. But I really want to meet him. I think he's fantastic. I think Frank is one of the greatest characters of all time. I will say, I've grown to appreciate Danny DeVito more. Just the fact that, you know, he's a very self-sufficient actor there and he's always willing to make the most of his uh, opportunities there. And I'm, Like you say, I didn't even know he was making smart investments and in co-producing stuff um, way, way back. But, um, yeah, I've watched a bit more of Always Sunny and... I do love Frank, you know, whether it's, um, you know, rum ham or he's talking about his whore wife or um, God knows what have you. But yeah, he's easily, he's up there with Charlie. Uh, him and Charlie are on the, you know, same pedestal for me. Herb's down there with all the dropouts and the bums um, talking over their failed businesses and that. All this is because, you know, Herb found out he had a long lost half brother in Homer. You know, so we see bits of um, the original episode he was involved in, which I guess we'll talk more at depth uh, at the time. But because um, of Homer's blunder in the car, it turns out you know his business went to shit. And he's been living homeless, but he's fine because he's American, and all he needs, you know, a brain in your head and an idea there. And um, he's really going for this sort of Reagan-type attitude of, um, you know, can do it in Reaganomics, and quite Republican in here. We have uh, Bart and Lisa milling around in the house there, doing the sort of couch Olympics, and goes for a big. Uh, pole vault onto the couch and it just snaps breaks away and just great animation on the kids they realize oh fuck and they just scoot off and homer's completely wise so it's saying all right which one are you little and he screams and you know the couch is in disarray there's oh who did this oh we're fine dad we just jumped off and then we saw it um break away oh don't worry little sister i've got you here this had um great memories going back to um still a big wrestling fan now but you know when it was socially acceptable to wrestle your friends on sofas. Um, I remember doing a bigger uh, powerbomb, a big diesel Kevin Nash powerbomb on the sofa. And yeah, um, 
a bit of the upholstery ended up snapping. So um, we had this nice uh, sofa with a bit of bubble wrap around it, so no one jabbed the eye out. Any breaking couch memories for you, Cal, or is this just me on my own? Uh, we don't, don't really break the couch. We were kind of very aware that we didn't want to break it kind of thing. Um, you know, there were four of us, man. We broke fucking everything. We broke beds and from just fighting on it and, and random. This still to this day, so going into the conservatory, um, we used to have these two, I don't know how to, how to explain them, basically like a pillar and then they've got like a, it looks it looks like a, like a rose kind of thing, but it's just like a massive yeah. bowl kind of thing. I don't really know how to explain them. Um, one of them has been broken since I think I was like six or seven. Um, it's purely we used to keep all the crap in the in the conservatory. Yeah. And I open the door and I want to get one of those. I think they call moon bounce things. You know the balls where you like bounce on kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And trying to pull that, and that's how I kind of my one of my one of two lessons in physics I learned where I the door was too small. I was pulling out something bigger. Hey, um, it's the, it's the only time I heard that. Um, and <laughs> obviously something had to give, and eventually it gave and broke one of the bowls. Um, the other one was trying to open a um, a door with an umbrella, which I did twice and knocked my tooth out twice. Um, oh, two different teeth. One time it opened in my mouth. The other time um, it just fell back and just jabbed. Oh no! Yeah, I was I was not smart as good. We now have um, Herb. He's managed to catch a train down at Springfield there, and he's now chilling in the park because well, what else is he going to do? He's homeless. And he overhears a baby crying, but the mum's not quite sure what it is, you know. Can't really understand it. And this gives Herb, you know, a perfect idea. And he goes over to thank the lady. He says, if there's anything I can do, she's like, oh, just please don't hurt me. Oh, consider it done. I mean, surely that's the most natural response. <laughs> but the most natural response is, you're wrong, Tyler, you're wrong. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> it wasn't actually in shit, uh, Springfield at this point because in the, later in the episode, he catches a fake train to uh, to Springfield. Oh, it was. Oh, I thought I was just conveniently um, saving myself, but uh, I guess not. I'm going. This is what you've introduced a new thing this year, Tyler, with your um, favorite scene of the podcast of the episode. I'm going to do fuck ups of Tyler with my little do 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 do. We have Homer at work now. He's very um, disheartened with his couch breaking. Letting Carl come over to comfort him, and he goes, "Oh, you know, my life just can't get any worse." Now, I find Meta Comedy very 50-50. You know, when it's done poorly, it looks awful. But I, th- I thought this was just great because you have... It's very much like a live TV where it's like, right, cue, cue, and nothing's happening. So Homer's got the, you know, oh, that's right. Nothing can get worse. And then even Lenny looks at the camera like, come on. And then Mr. Burns fills in, you know, over the tannoy, Simpson report in Mr. Burns' office. I mean, what do you think about this, Cal? Because I really enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I I enjoy things like this. I always used to write them into my scripts in uh, uh, in uni and college and such, where it's just, it it's, it's 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 very meta kind of things. It's like, oh, how did you understand what the Russian maid said? Well, I just read the subtitle. It's fine. <laughs> Backwards. Just uh, dumb things like that. I I find quite funny. Homer goes to Mister Burns' office there, and you know, 
The Spurs are trying to cover everything, you know, not show his cars. You know, oh, Simpson, you big, virile son of a gun. How do I check for $2,000 there? Homer's ready to snap this up, but then he realizes, you know, wait a minute, I ain't signing nothing. Someone explains it or at least gives me the gist of it. And um, again, Harry Shearer playing a blinder here. I, I mean, this is like genuine, um, you know, lying through your teeth, lying through your arse um, acting here. Because you can just say, you know, you've uh, won, yes, the Montgomery Burns. He knows his, he knows his own name. That's good. Um, award and yeah, it's just it's just um fantastic. And Homer sort of goes, oh, with this award, do I get a bigger ceremony? And Burns knowing he sort of put his foot in it now, though. Lawyer saying, ah, oh, yeah, we have to. How would you like a check for two thousand dollars? Would I? All you have to do is sign this form. Wait a minute. I'm not signing anything until I read it or somebody gives me the gist of it. All right, well, it just explains that you've won... Yes, that's it. Won the first annual uh, Montgomery Burns uh, uh, Award for uh, outstanding achievement in the, the, the field of uh, excellence. Don't I get some kind of trophy at a big award ceremony? It's the first annual Montgomery Burns Award for Outstanding Achievement in The Field of Excellence and No expense spared here by uh, Burns and the lawyers there. We've got a whole kick line and everything else there. And Lisa with a very apt saying, you know, this is the biggest farce ever. What about the Emmys that, oh, I stand corrected. I mean, what do you think of award shows? Because I guess I only found out, you know, when I turned 18 and knew more about, you know, media and film and that, that it is just sort of a big bullshit fest there, Cal. I mean, what are your thoughts on award shows and all that? I won the elite, if you will. Um, I'm indifferent to them. I think it is very kind of circle jerky. Um... I like to know who won, just out of morbid curiosity than anything else. But it it doesn't really mean anything whatsoever. Like it's just it. I remember the I think in a recent one, um, the director of Parasite, um, kind of got asked the question of how does it feel being the first nominated for uh for an Oscar and uh. You know, it's really world famous uh, award and such. He was just like, "Yeah, but it's 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 not like it's a worldwide award. It's a local award." And it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> We've got all the stars out tonight, including Smoking Joe Frazier, second guest of this episode. There. Now, I like the scene that follows after this, but um, I don't know. I think he's clearly a, a, a ex-retired boxer there, because I mean, God, God help him. He sort of butchered the. Right, I think he butchered the delivery on this. I suppose it's very fitting with, you know, trying to read the teleprompter at a real awards show and that, but I don't know, Cal, I wasn't feeling this particular um, phrase performance, much like in his, um, you know, heyday. I feel, okay, so I think the delivery, in my personal opinion, I think the delivery was so shoddy, purposely for, like, kind of a comedic effect. Ah, okay. To show how shitty the show actually is and how much of a bullshit show it is. Yeah. Um, but later in the episode when he does reappear, his his delivery looks it comes across a bit um 
Like you've had too many punches in the head. Yes. It turns out, big surprise, uh, Homer's the winner there. Like um, Burns' little, you know, fake, shocked, surprised uh, look. And Homer's bringing in so much love and indulging himself that he falls off the balcony there. And we go to the second act now. And um, they're having a little celebratory party at Moe's. And Homer, you know, he may have won that excellence award, but, you know, he's still feeling empty about his couch. But Joe Frazier, you know, he's saying, oh, you know, you lost the couch. I lost the World Heavyweight Championship. Oh, yeah, but there's like three of those. But um, Fraser's still, you know, comforting him, saying, you will find another piece of furniture that you'll love just as much. Barney's been sick of Fraser ever since he walked in. Likewise with Fraser with Barney, so they decide to step outside. And Fraser absolutely creams him and, um, <laughs> and leaves, him in, leaves him in a bin. Now, do you know the backstage scuttlebutt, the behind-the-scenes stuff for this a particular scene, Cal. I do. His Joe Fraser's son uh, kicked off and stated, "Yes, I suggested they change that. Fraser is that uh, was a world champion, and a world champion does not get knocked out. My dad was has only ever been knocked down twice, and that was by George Foreman." Yeah. Uh, now, do you prefer what they went with or um, what they were going to go with? See, how I remember this scene is Barney knocked him out. Um, I think I'm getting it mixed up with the baseball one, where he gets in uh, a fight over the... I think it's the greatest presidents off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. And they end up fighting uh, over that. Um, but I don't know. I think it works best because he's, he's in a bin. He's just like, oh, a peanut. And like, eats the peanut. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I quite like the joke as it is because, um, again, it's just a simple humour of, this fucking idiot's challenging a world championship boxer and gets um, absolutely carted. You, you even get the blood detail on the door, which, um, you know, I didn't I didn't expect that, you know, for something that goes out at 6, 7 p.m. But yeah, there you go. We have Herb um, catching wind of this through a paper. You know, Homer's now got the $2,000 reward check. So he decides to go to Springfield, like, uh, as you corrected me there, Cal, and he comes across, um, you know, toxic waste, yeah, Lion Cage trying to get on the freight. But no, he looks out with the pillows and he looks very comfy there. Meanwhile, Homer's you know still got his award in hand, but he still feels couchless until he comes across the, uh, the Spine Melter, the Spine Tingler 2000. He's busy testing it the next day and Akira's there, you know, warning him, no, sir, you can't, no, I want full power. And um, Homer goes off into the multiverse here, Cal. Now, this has to be some sort of reference. Uh, it's a reference to 2001 Space Odyssey. Ah, I thought it'd be something like that. When when he kind of passes on to the next life and goes goes into like the dimensional space baby and all this stuff. Um, it's also, the reason where it came from is apparently one of the writers bought a vibrating chair to relax after a 20-hour day on the episode and he said it was really, really orgasmic kind of thing. Also, when I took uh, took acid, I had a very similar situ- <laughs> reaction. Um, did you have similar um, colours of the rainbow? Um, I did. It wasn't as fun as that, though. It was oh. We have Herb um, arrive, what seems to be at the Simpsons' house, but he cuts across and he thinks, oh, no, this will be the house. Turns out um, it's the Flanders' house. Already he's mistaken. You know, oh, sorry, I think I'm at the wrong house. But Flanders, you know, gentle, loving Christian that he is. No, son, you've come to the right house. Let us bathe you and feed you. And, um, yeah, they get all dressed up there and we get um, her back in his original gear. 
and they're busy singing them off with Onward Christian Soldier. And um, yeah, um, what happens next, Cal? Uh, it's it's my probably my favourite scene of the episode. Um... Ooh. What am I going to say? This is the guy who ruined me. But on the other hand, he's family. So many conflicting emotions. How to express them. Herb? <coughs> it's very similar if you don't unfortunately have a sibling or anything like that. But you know where they've just pissed you off so much. And you know, you can't, you know, I don't know how they're going to react to me. I don't know how, like, I do apologize, I guess. And, you know, I feel bad about how I treat them. Um, and maybe I'll forgive them and they'll be really warm. And as soon as you open the door and they're really happy to see you, you just get the anger and you just fucking punch it. <laughs> like, so this really a, resonates with you. Oh, 100%. Like, my brother's 10 years older than me. Um, he thinks he's tougher than me, but obviously I'm a man. Um, he, like, with outside, like, growing up, like I said, he was 10 years older than me. I say was. He still is 10 years older than me. You know, that's how time works. Um, but he, we've only ever had, like, two big fights from where we've been, like, adults. Other than, like, when we were kids, he used to, like, wrestle and shit. Um, <laughs> the one, one of them, and it purely, it's a very Homer-esque, like, my brother's basically the human Homer Simpson. Like, um, it's a given that he's just, he's, he's, he's very Homer-ish kind of thing and how he reacts and sit and shit. And, um... He was pissing me off. He was winding me up for whatever reason, and it was working. And I went over to him to kind of like jokingly, like threaten him with my fist. But as I went over him, I slipped and I uh, fell. Oh, cow! No, with my fist in hand. This is and this, it sounds like a bullshit, bullshit thing, but legitimately, I I lost my footing, and so he looked like I was going down to kind of like punch him. So he kind of dodges out of the way and fucking sucker punches me. Um, and then that's when we start, like, play fighting. Yeah, have you seen Bridget Jones? You know, yes. the fight yes. scene in Bridget Jones. It was basically that. My sister kind of leaned over, grabbed the laptop, and, like, <laughs> and just, like, let us fight. Um, he had, my mum ended up separating us. I went and sat down. I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You fucking... I like. I was just coming up to like jokingly do it. You just went fucking ape shit over it off. He's like, "I'm gonna beat you. You're gonna try and punch me, you fucking date." Blah 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 blah. So then my mum sends my brother upstairs, and this is my. This is like, I'm about seventeen, eighteen at the time. So he's twenty eight. It's not like <laughs> we're children <laughs> or anything. Um, and then as he walks past, I call him a prick, and then he sucker punches me again. <laughs> oh no friends jesus bitch move i know a bitch move he's a bitch her basically explains his situation you know he's been living out of boxes you know eating pizza boxes all sorts um but the family end up um inviting him in and you know, giving him a meal and playing monopoly but you know before that herb you know admits to Maggie, you know oh you're gonna make me rich again um not before he gets absolutely swindled in Monopoly by Lisa there, you know, he's a uh, broke again, Herb, you know, you can't win in real life, you can't win in a Monopoly, and he socks him again, you know, rightly so, bit of that reader energy. Bart saying, oh, why, you know, are we playing this when we've got two grand in the bank, and the family lists off what they would spend the money on, Lisa on some books, Bart on a uh, nice big machine gun, Homer, of course, on the spine motor, 
and Marge on the um, <laughs> on the rogue uh, washer and dryer there that um, you know are just about to attack the cat suddenly. But you know, Herb makes his pitch. You know, how would you like to give your two thousand pounds to a man? You know, who deserves a second chance. Homer, stroke eight. Nah. Now that's one of the things, few things I've took away from this episode, that same delivery of nah, when it's ever it's um, come to me making decisions or uh, trying to sympathise with people. We have um, Herb about to go through his presentation then. He goes, right, before I actually show you my product, I just want to show you this, first of all. And it's a little drinking bird. And Homer, this is the greatest thing he's ever seen. <gasps> it's drinking the water. And then... Herb's trying to get it back on track, you know, oh, this is one, you know, it's an idea that's been carefully marketed and thought of, and Homer's just, he's going back for more. Oh, I, I mean, I thought, again, this is brilliant, Cal. I think I think it just kind of shows Homer's stupidity more than anything. He's fantastic, like, he just, he just likes the simple things. He's a simple man. He likes simple things. Herb shows him the blueprint for his baby translator, and most of the family seems to be on board with giving him the money, but Homer's a bit sceptical, you know. He offers him the money, but, you know, you've got to treat me and respect me and love me like a brother. Nope. All right. Give me the drinking bird, then. So, I, I suppose everyone ends up happy. Everyone gets a good end of the deal there, no matter what. It's, it is kind of... I've, I've done dumb things like that, where it's just like, can I have this? No. <laughs> can I have the crisps of your, your pizza? No, fine. We have Herb, who's busy testing stuff out for the baby translator there, working it through with Maggie. He's got it under a big tarp, he's ready to present it. But it turns out everyone's already had a peek when he's uh, been in the john there. But here it is anyway, his baby translator. Homemade is not the word, it is a very you know, shabby chic, it's very rinky-dink there. And Homer's cutting through the bullshit. No, this is the worst thing I've seen, you know. Um, we spent two grand on this, where right now Rose could be needing my box and Danny DeVito with his, you know, his raw voice. Oh, my goodness, stop thinking about your ass. I'll try, but I can't. I mean, you have a niece yourself now. How handy would a baby translator have been? Or was she quite, um, was she quite physical there? I know she used to love chucking stuff about. She, she she's quite smart. She, uh, I'm sure everyone says this about, like, they, you know, their kids or their nieces and nephews or whatever. Um... She was always quite smart. She can kind of speak now, anyway. Um, you can't have like full conversation. You can have like a conversation with her, kind of thing. But she speaks a mixture of English and gibberish. So it's it's kind of it's it's it. I would have told us basically babysitting your drunk mate like because all, <laughs> all as they get tired, they get more stumbly, and then they make less sense. Um. They kind of understand, so they kind of indicate of what they want instead. So she she's always been able to do that. Where obviously when she was younger, like when she when she first started being more vocal and she was saying more gibberish and shit and shit, like it wasn't it was a bit, it was a bit more hard. But you kind of just like you just try and with everything. Like up, oh, you're tired. Nope, you're not tired. You're thirsty. Nope, have you shot? Yeah, you shot. Okay, we'll clean your diaper. <laughs> we'll clean your nappy. And that's it. Whilst like. As she kind of, she wasn't saying anything. She could say names and such. She'd kind of take you to what she wanted and such, which was quite impressive. Uh, I just remember once when she was really, she she wasn't like young, young. She's about one and a half. She could say my name and such. She's called she's called Cousin Cal Cal, 
and she's a bit poorly, so she sat with me just watching Peppa Pig, and she goes, cow, cow, I'll go, yeah, and she's like, blah, 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 I go, sorry, I don't, I don't know what you mean, love, and she goes, like, so she, like, grabs my hand and, like, leads me into the kitchen and points at the freezer, and she's like, ice cream, ice cream, so she knew exactly where they were, she knew exactly, because I was just like, yeah, fuck it, you can have, like, all the ice cream you want, so I got us both two separate ice lollies, two different ones, even, and we sit back down, she had, like, a milk one, and I had, like, a better ice lolly, and she's like looking at mine. She's like, "Cow, cow." I was like, "Yeah." And then she like grabs it out of my hand and gives me a shitty one. I'm like, "Got <laughs> like, oh. mugged off by a fucking two year old yet." Like, we have Herbert now at the big baby expo there, the big baby convention. And we've got all sorts, you know, dog and a ball. We've got you know, handy jams. We've got a mix of stuff. And we have now my favourite line and favourite scene of the episode, folks. It's uh, Professor Frink making his debut on the podcast as well. A lot of debuts here. Is it really? I thought he'd been on it before. On on this podcast, it's his debut, I think. Actually, you know what? No. Uh, Lemon of Troy when he's got the flying bike. He's in another um, substantial feature on the podcast here. This radio-controlled plane gives your baby the chance to fly, just like my son here. He can execute the barrel roll, loopy loop and bring it in for the perfect landing. Oh dear, my wife is going to kill me. He's trying out the remote control uh, baby plane and he's got his son in there, you know, he can do everything. Loop-de-loops, uh, backflips, then, you know, safely land. And what makes it for me, it's not only the smashing of the glass and the baby just fucking vaulting out of the window, it's his um, little hook. Like, you know, when you're just sort of... Um, you know, you grab the remote to change the channel, it's a little slip, and you go, oh. <laughs> he applies that to his son smashing his face through the glass window in the plane. It's it's absolutely peak. Um, yeah, that's my favorite, absolute favorite bit of this episode, Cal. And yeah, it's uh, so minor. Yeah, it is quite a good while. You think, oh, oh shit. Oh, no, my uh, wife's going to kill me. Speaking of the paciness of this episode, folks, we zoom right to the finish there, because... Um, I mean, Herb doesn't really go through any trials and tribulations with this prototype. Just all the mothers are impressed and they chuck money at him. Then this big corporate executive comes along and, uh, well, buys the patent and that. And he's another rich man in America, which, um, I don't know. I wanted more, Cal. I was really enjoying this. I just wanted a bit more, but I'm trying to think where they find the time. I mean, where do you sit on this? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what you said, like... They're not, they not didn't really run out of time looking over like trivia uh, and search on um oh, okay. on um IMDb. Uh apparently the original script was about fifty pages long. Oh my god. Long, so they had to cut it down, obviously. Um if you didn't know a script in 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 uh dialogue speaking, a script is uh, a page is a, a minute of di uh, sorry, let me start again. In script right in terms each page should be a minute's worth of uh screen time yeah. obviously you can get like a big paragraph full of like exposition where it's like several different things and such like that but that's how they should they it should plan out so obviously 52 52 minutes and such um also apparently from what i've read hank azaria said uh danny devito wasn't too thrilled about coming back yeah i did read that but yet you wouldn't be able to tell would you no i think it's really good like it kind of just shows him as an actor itself. Like, he's just a really good, 
he gives a good performance regardless of if he's in shit kind of thing. Not to say that this is episode shit, so he's, I was quite pleasantly surprised with this episode. Yeah, he's a consummate professional. All credit to him. Herb, um, you know, gives them back the money as promised her, but he's given them a little something extra. He's given uh, Lisa all her book subscriptions there. Bart can't quite get a gun yet, but, you know, he's registered to the NRA. And Bart's wearing a red cap, and he's in favour of the NRA. I'll just leave that to you folks. Um, you know, Simpsons predicted it and all that meme. But we have um, Marge. This is the best present, you know. She's very, you know, humble, saying... I don't want your money, Herb. Oh, too late, Marge, you know. I've got your new washer and dryer. I sold the old ones for 50 bucks. And, um, God help me. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this has definitely happened, um, upright by the Tyne side there. Um, Mo, cut to Moe's, and they're racing the washer and dryer there. And they even give a good, I love the foley on the chair, you know, the way. And Moe gives the dryer a good old kick in there. I mean, this has got to be quite reminiscent up your neck of the woods. They've got to do this, um, maybe not in Sheffield, but surely up in the north of York. Go, 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 washer! Homer realises there's no presence or money for him there, so uh, Herb takes him for a walk outside, and, you know, quite touching. Uh, he says, you know what, I forgive you, and I can call you a brother, and I respect you, and love you and all that and you know you think it's going to be there and they're made up and they're all square but then we see a, a delivery van come and he goes ah homer i bought you the damn chair he just caves in and homer loves him even more for that and you know good danny devito got doing all, all his typical noises ah, da, 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 little growls i do like and we finish with um <laughs> very very visual there's no hiding this folk um, Homer's in the spine motor and then we see uh, his sperm jiggling about and getting their own sort of um, relaxation from it and that's how we end the episode um, Cal, yes I'll have your rating please and your final thoughts uh, I really enjoyed this episode I thought it was a pleasant, pleasant surprise um, it was it, it was just an overall pleasure I think even though from reading into it Danny DeVita didn't enjoy being on the Simpsons the second time, I believe he's in the, he's in the third episode as well. But I think it's much much later on. It's just in audio as well. He's just on a call to him. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I I just thought it was a good episode. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. It was sharp as well. Um, just overall, just a good time. I think it does wrap up very quickly. Uh, like you much said, um, but yeah, I enjoy it. I thought it was good. For myself, um, I very much match your opinions as well. Um, it's a great mix of visual and you know oral comedy in itself. The jokes good, the visuals are great, and Dan DeVito does a great performance despite the fact that you know he wasn't a fan of it. Um, although I wanted more from Herb, I wanted more of his. You know, his uh, rough patches, his trials and tribulations, as I've already said. But I do really enjoy it. So with that, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5 racing tumble dryer and washer. Okay, let's have a pull on our random episode generator and see what it spits out next. Get ready to take on the pimps and the chuds and the Big Apple 
because we're going to season nine with the city of New York versus Homer Simpson. Don't forget to check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitter at TylerTMC. Look for Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast in the name and our Facebook page as well. And we will see you folks later. Take care now. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.